Hello everyone and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is George and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Liam. Hello everybody. And Grant. Hello there, music fans. <laughs> Love it when you say that. <laughs> Each episode, one of the hosts or a guest nominates an album that they think is flawless and we talk about why they love it and what they love about it and at the end we decide if we agree that it is flawless. We have a Facebook group. It's called Flawless Friends and Family. We'd love for you to join. Tell us what you think about your favourite albums and favourite episodes of Flawless. You can find us at facebook.com slash groups slash Flawless Friends and Family. Whew. But it's going to be in the show notes, so don't yes. worry about that. Just and click. We, we haven't been blocked in Australia because we are not news. <laughs> so thankfully, Yet. everyone in Australia can still access it. And yeah. <laughs> Which will be possibly a redundant comment in six months' time yeah. when you get around to listening to <laughs> this episode. That's true. Um, but we also have a Patreon. You can back us from as little as a dollar a month. And no matter how much you back us for, you'll get access to our special bonus episodes and maybe pictures and videos and other exciting things. Oh, yes. So you can find us at patreon.com slash flawless AMP. So, on this episode, it is the ultimate trio of Grant, Liam and I, the OG of Flawless. Mm -hmm. um, no guests. <laughs> because I'm doing the intro today, that means that it is my turn to bring an album I believe is Flawless to the crew. Mm -hmm. That oh, album being... We are the crew. We are the crew and we no. wait with bated breath. <laughs> well, you're not, you're not waiting because no, you've true. had to research this for some time. But well, um, Our listeners. Well, like, well this is the fun either. thing because the name of the episode is literally the name of the album. So we do it like it's a surprise to people, but it's literally <laughs> not a surprise to anybody. So, so because but George, clicked on I love this. the tone, so let's do this. keep the surprise tone. Yeah, so as you have clicked on this because you know what the album is already, I'm going to drop the mic and say this is the debut album by... Uh, stadium band Muse Sheesh. with their album Showbiz from States that I know of, so it, it came out in France first. Yeah, like, that's, what? A, I, that's weird. Bit, that's very weird. Yeah, yes. on the seventh set, uh, uh, it came out in France, and then it went out in the US on the twenty eighth of September. But then it waited for the fourth of October for the UK. So I mm. don't know why. So if Matt Bellamy could get in touch, that would be great. They do love France, so their first live album is from a show they played in France. So maybe they've always always loved maybe the French people in general. <laughs> Maybe they're like, you deserve Vive la France. This. Vive la France. You deserve this, bitches. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, fair enough. Um, so it was uh, reached number 28 in the Australian chart and 29 in the UK In the UK, chart. yeah, I saw that. Yeah, gold in Australia. Gold in Australia. And platinum in the UK. So there we go. Um, so the important question are, 
uh, Liam. Yes. Have you heard of Muse and or the <laughs> album Showbiz? I have heard of Muse and I have heard of the album Showbiz. And this is not my episode, which means I can't tell the full in-depth detail of how much I've heard of this album. So I'm just going to try and keep it you very can't? short. I heard this album when it came out. Muscle Museum was on Triple J. I mm-hmm. was like, holy shit, these guys are awesome. Mm-hmm. Grabbed the album. Loved the album. Loved, loved, loved the album. Got all the singles. So uh, I have all... Five. I have, all five of them? No, I have four out of the five singles. I couldn't get You Know. Ah, but I which have is four the first out of the five. Um, yeah, yeah I, thought, I thought it was the first one. No, K, yes. Sorry, yes, yeah. that's the first one. So I have four of the five singles. I have all the B-sides. Um, they put them on a B-Sides compilation, so I have that. I have the live album, the B-Sides albums, the rarity compilations, the acoustic versions of most of the songs on this album. I have the Muse EP from 1998 with Cave on it from before this album came out. And the Muscle Museum EP as well? You're speaking of I a little fast. That. I have the Random 1 to 8 EP from 2000, which they put out of the B-Sides from this album only in Japan. So... I kind of got obsessed with this album and Muse <laughs> for their first like three albums. Wow! Eh? I was all in on Muse for reasons. And, that and we forgive will. me, we are for for the listeners. We we're recording at uh, Liam's house. Mm-hmm. Further to that, there is um, some supporting documentation. There is a Muse poster out. A friend of mine, Sarah from Faster Ladder, back when I was editing and writing Faster Ladder, she got me that as a Christmas present from when they were unknown, and they played the Hi Fi Bar down in Melbourne, and it's like a purple poster of the three of them framed. Framed. Well, I framed. She didn't give it to me framed, but I framed it. Yeah, sure. Nice. Um, So do you want to take over the episode? I kind (laughs) of do. Um, (laughs) One other thing before we get to Grant is my dog is named Bella, and her name is that because it's short for Bellamy. Are you fucking kidding me? I've been holding on to that since you nominated the album. I was like, can I tell you? No, I won't tell you. I'll wait until it. Oh, my God. So when we were going to get... Bella is not a young puppy. No. So... Literally, you named her like in your muse haze. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So, 12 years ago, when we got her, we were thinking about getting a dog. And if it was going to be, if we decided if it was a girl, it would be Bella for Bellamy. And if it was a boy, it would be Dempsey for Paul Dempsey. <laughs> and we got a girl dog. And so it became Bella. And Michelle likes muse as well, my wife. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, this is where I'm like, maybe I should stay, take a step back and like leave it to Liam. But uh, yeah, I, f- I feel like. His deep dive into this album <laughs> might be more than mine. Mm. So there we go. Grant, you'd heard of Muse, right? Well, I had heard of Muse. And I had you listened to this album or any of their albums? No, so I've got in full declaration, and it's oftentimes disappointing amongst, I feel, you two <laughs> when it's received. I um, got a hard drive in the old days of MP3s mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and it was, there was Muse music on there, and that was literally... Did I listen to the, to an album end to end? No. Was it on this, you know, smorgasbord of MP3s <laughs> in the old days when music was hard to come by? Nice. That was it, and I probably skipped through it. But I could might have even be able to find that text somewhere which nice. has the original piece. <laughs> but in terms of sitting down listening to it end to end, no, never heard of them. Um, it was literally just on an MP3 player. So Muse, yes, yeah. sure. Is that how you'd heard of them? Yeah. Have you heard of That's them from it. being on the radio or nah, in the world? Nothing. Oh my goodness. So nah. it's just from like... I'm going from... If you go... So so I suppose the journey would have been 1999. So like third year university. Um, probably, no, was drinking too much. 2000. And then I was back at home in East London and not really going out that much. So I wouldn't have... We wouldn't have been exposed to it. And there was mm. one... Probably one channel in South Africa... Um, 
that would have played this sort of music after 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I, I rise early. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like sleeping really, like way before 10. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I, wouldn't be able, I wouldn't have been able to name a song. That's but, like I know I'm a big fan and all, but they're like giant stadium rock world beaters now. I'm surprised that you haven't just from osmosis just yeah, heard of probably should around. Um, but no, never wouldn't wouldn't have been able to name a song awesome. mm-hmm. before. So. Completely fresh. I Thank like you, it. Yeah. Liam. Fresh. How did you find out about Muse in the first place? So Muscle Museum was yeah. on oh, Triple J. Triple J, you yeah. said, you mm-hmm. said yeah. and then yeah. um, I think Sunburn Water, Sunburn One as well. Yeah, the, so because I yeah I always assumed Muscle Museum was the first single. Sure, and it wasn't until that I you know when I was listening to the album, I did a bit more deep dive and found out, yeah, that other people had done lots of stuff. And, and you're a music hoarder when you like a thing. I do. I, and that, in those days, I was definitely like a deep dive. I, I'll get every... OD, bit of obsessive. Every single thing you that out, that band puts out, I'm going to track down and have a listen to and see if I like it. Nice. Wow. George. Hello. How have you heard of Muse? So, um, Being Muse, English and all. Yeah. They, <laughs> I'm English, so that's how I heard of Muse. No, um, so it was pretty awesome. Um, there was like a sampler CD that, you know, used to run yeah, up labels like and all that kind of thing um, and that my friend had got. And I think it was Uno was uh, on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, listen to this. Um, and it was way before the album came out. Yeah. Um, and it was before the singles had come out. Um, and it was, so we were like, oh, yeah, we'll have a listen. We are like, this is cool. These 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 guys are going to go places. They're amongst all these other like bands that we like at the time and all that kind of stuff. Um, so you were um, almost a teenager at this stage. So yeah, I was... Just for, just was, for the... Yeah, I was rub four, it in. I was fourteen mm-hmm. when it came out, and I was obsessed with like music media, um, and obsessed with anything with the CD on the front and all that kind of stuff. So, what were some of the um, uh, magazines that you're talking to? Because I can see them, but so I oh, so I used like, to get like NME, and yes. I used to get um, Select and yeah. uh, Metal Hammer and Kerrang and Kerrang, yeah, okay, yeah, but like just a whole bunch. And I used to get all of them. Like I was obsessed. And a free disc. And they used like, to, a free disc was amazing. Plus, yeah, 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 absolutely. Plus, and then, but then bands. I used yeah. to also get the music samplers. But me and my friendship groups of like looking back of absolute hipsters we all signed up to be on different mailing lists so that we would share our cds and then cdr them for each other Mm. so that we would have all the stuff so um on um, news were basically tailor-made to be at the front of a street press music magazine like just like three guys quirky like quirky slightly goth style you know, weren't afraid to get dressed up in different sort of sets of clothes, that sort of stuff. They were, yeah. And then played super heavy, all boys, so that was lucky. Guitar, <laughs> super guitar-led rock. Like, it yeah. was just, yeah. They're all white, too. All white. Like, it's just, yeah. <laughs> they were, they're ready. But um, but the thing is, so we had this, like, sample CD. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, And I think it was Udo that was on it. Um, so we were going to Reading Festival, which is really fucking huge back in the UK. Um, and... Uh, headlining were Blur, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Manson, Offspring, Silverchair, things like that, right? So at the time. And we saw that Muse were playing in a random tent at about two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Do you know at the bottom of the fl- uh, poster when it says other acts include? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even tell you where oh, they're playing or anything. Yeah, yeah. Blah, blah. So it's not until you get your pass. Um, and we saw that they were playing at like two o'clock in this random tent and we got in there and it was like half full and we were ready for them. And then they came out and they're wearing these weird like 
boob tube type things <laughs> with neon fishnet long sleeve crop tops over the top and like I think white skinny jeans or, or whatever and there's synthesizers and guitars and the bass and things and we're like what what is about to happen yeah um and the, it's like the afternoon but they play like they're already in a stadium mm-hmm. that's just how they sound and it was one of the most influential moments of live oh, yes. music nice. that I've ever had. Awesome. Yes. Because, um, yeah, they started and they played. Um, I, di- oh, I didn't write down the set list. Um, it was just epic. Um, but they, I think they started with Uno, but they actually played Sunburn live, which is the opening track for yeah. this album. And I was there like, what the f- fuck are you doing you just had a guitar and now you're playing like concert piano and singing like a choir boy and then growling like a angry boy like it was very confusing Mm -hmm, um yeah but it was awesome so that was really influential but for the whole three-day festival i couldn't tell you how what any of the acts looked like or sounded like (laughs) i imagine they were good but muse just totally stood out so the wow. day, the day the album came out, I was like, you were mine. So this was pre, you went and saw them, you found them and saw them before the album came before out. Before the album came out. Yeah. Nice. So Jeez. at that so you'd point. Heard oh, you'd heard Uno. So you'd heard yeah. Uno. So mm-hmm. At the point, only Uno had come out as a single. Yeah. Um, and we'd got the sampler. Um, and yeah, so it was like, we went on a hunch just went what to go and see them. What a series of fortunate events. I know, right? So we went to go and see them and they just blew us away. And then the album came out, they blew up. They mm-hmm. became like the darlings. Like, well, they had mixed results initially because some people wrote them off as like another Radiohead. Weirdly, no, this is... Which I yeah. never understood. I never, no, I've understood it, for sure. With my virgin ears and that's what okay. they were. That's... From York, for sure. So you can hear it. Yeah, not so badly. I, I heard. I heard the same thing. It was yeah. I heard lots of people saying they were the new radio, or they're too close to Radiohead. Yeah, it's and I get. I get the falsetto vocals, but everything about. And I, when I was listening to it, I was like, I don't think they are Radiohead, but I didn't have the language to figure out what. Sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. And then as I've you know done more research and done more music stuff, I've figured out it's everything about Muse as a performance. Like it's everything is just so carefully crafted in a way that Radiohead kind of isn't. It's a diff- It's just like, yeah, it's guitar-led and falsetto, but after that, the purpose of what you're trying to do and the way they go about it. And I mean, after this album, that was the thing. Like at the start, it was like, they sound like Radiohead. And then Radiohead went one way and Muse went completely the other way. And suddenly yeah, yeah. you couldn't pretend they were the, even remotely similar anymore. But yeah, those I- first things, I f- was like you, George. I was frustrated by it. It's just, it's not... It's just, yeah. I totally have the... They only played eight tracks on that set. Mm-hmm. They Like, when they played live, they only had time to play eight tracks. Uno, Cave, Sunburn, Escape, Agitated, Unintended, Muscle Museum, Showbiz. That was their set list on that. Um, and then they had to just disappear into the afternoon Ether. crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, like yeah. it never happened. Then we all went and watched Blur. country house so weird so yeah so um okay can i tell you a quick story yeah oh please so the album had come out and they got announced for livid and they were all the way down at the bottom as like a you know these guys from england you've probably heard that one song on the radio but you're not really that obsessed with them but i was obsessed with them so i went and saw them play and it was exactly the same thing it was a backstage nobody knew who they were it was like four o'clock in the afternoon the festival had barely started there was nobody there 
and they played like a short eight song set, but they played like they were going to be superstars and they yeah. were just so professional and so awesome on their instruments. So they did Sunburn, Uno, Cave, Agitated, Muscle Museum, Philip, Microcuts and Showbiz. Really similar. Really yes. similar lineup. Mm. Um, I knew Agitated was like a, so Agitated is a B-side. It's not on any of their albums, but it's mm-hmm. always been like a fan favorite. And I didn't realize, because I didn't remember that much of that set. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I do remember is Sunburn, he plays, he played the opening piano melody on his guitar instead of on a piano really yes oh, and it is freaking crazy and so i was like i'm like am i misremembering that when i was doing the yeah. research so i went and looked at youtube videos like no there are videos out there if you type if you youtube sunburn with a guitar intro you see him just playing the guitar part and it's like it's freaky when it's a piano intro sure but when it's played on guitar it's like holy hell and he must have the thing is he must have had a piano there there's no way they could have played a set with no piano yeah, i was right. thinking like maybe they just didn't bring a piano to australia but they could have got one here but easy Maybe that was just like, no, look at this, look at this shit that I can do. And it's the first song on the set and it's just, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I had like the, I had the exact same experience just in Australia. you guys seeking out these uh, virtual unknowns at the time. To me, they didn't sound like anything else at the time. Like all these comparisons to other people, it didn't make sense to me. Like if I, if I, when I got the album and I listened or when I saw them and I heard Sunburn, I was like, no, you can't compare this, this like concert piano. Um, You can't compare that to this guitar rock, guitar driven Mm. rock that I'm listening to in other things. Um, But yeah, I can see some of the fact that he has vocal range that you would bring out with Tom York and all that kind of stuff. But um, no, we went to see them because they were different and then they were. And nobody sounded like them in Australia. So Australia was like in that Grinspoon... So oh. Kate, UMI, living in the height of like the old underground rock stuff started becoming big and getting well known. Mm-hmm. But that was like, it's effectively like pub indie rock. Like it's the next step up from that. And nobody sounded like Muse. Mm. So it was just, yeah, awesome. So Grant, listening yes. to an actual album end to end, what was that experience like for you? Because it, oh, just... it was really good. I, I mean, it's, it's, I think, and maybe it is the, it's an element of when I first heard it, I was like, you know, this, he does sound a little bit like Tom York, but it is just a falsetto. I think it's a range, and I wouldn't discount that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you research into it, and it's it didn't score. I was intrigued that it didn't score as, as highly as what I would have thought it would. And I'm going, it's a debut album. I'm like, wow, mm. debut album, where are these guys from? Like, what, were they in previous bands, et cetera? So, um, and five singles. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah. that's that's quite something. Well, for... they got bigger, and they were like, "Shit, we should probably release more. We should mm. probably yeah. release another one because, like, and ride this wave." But um, they, yeah, they yeah. had alternate versions for Japan and for very like they had singles that only. It was just yeah, they had lots of stuff. He, he he's super prolific, and it obviously banked up a lot of stuff that he'd written yeah. and gotten ready, and they just had it all. So when it, when they blew up, they were like, "All right, let's just let's go get yeah. it out there." Yeah. Talking about range, cool story for the uh, music like aficionados aficionados out there Mm -hmm. um in showbiz uh his range vocal range goes from c sharp third to g sharp uh fifth i believe which is his highest note to date and the largest range on that he has on any muse track which is just awesome Mm. because that that's just going when does he do that um, is it well, like at the end part between when he goes really like mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so he goes, like, super high. Yeah. Um, but he also has, like, the lower register. And um, there's been a couple of tracks where he does similar ranges, but um, this one is where he, he... But they don't tend to play it live. Right. So I wonder <laughs> if that's why. As, um, as he's gotten a bit older, maybe he's not quite... The jumps, but like I think you can still hit the note, but the jumps between the levels might be a bit tougher. yeah, a little harder. Yeah, yeah. but um, it shows a lot. Um, and um, you talked about him playing the guitar, like playing, being able to play the opening like to sunburn on mm. the guitar. And he took because they'd been bringing out these EPs and stuff like that. Um, at one point he was getting a bit like tired of it. And he took four months out and went and lived in Greece. And he was learning Greek and Spanish guitar nice. as opposed to oh. his like rock guitar. What else would he be doing? Um, yeah. I mean, right. And then, sure. uh, so when he comes in with Unintended, the slow love song, oh, that what a guitar, song. That's, that's like that kind of what that real Mediterranean mm-hmm. influence mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. That, he wrote that Definitely. as a result of going and living in Greece for four months. Like, nice. And then came back and went, I'm ready. And he had some songs and he was like, I'm ready to come back to the band and let's let's make this album, mm-hmm. which is cool. Have you seen them live since there the Reading Good Small question. Backstage? Corthory, no. Really? No. no. That's it. Literally, or never seen them again. With in- right. Intentionally, because it could never compare to the first Intentionally, time. Intentionally, never seen them live. Next thing I'm going to say, which is going to upset Liam, is that I've never listened to any of their other albums from start to finish. I've heard singles, heard them all over the place. Like, oh and, and through osmosis, <laughs> oh right? Goodness. He's gone red. Yeah. Through osmosis, <laughs> like, I've heard them. And he's shuffling, guys. It's like, oh, yeah, and me, easy on his feet. It was too pure. Seeing them and, like, and having that special experience and then listening to this album, they then blew up and then they became the stadium rock. Before, they were the underdogs that weren't stadium yeah. rock yet and then they became stadium players and I'm like well I'm not paying for that because when I saw you like I don't know I know you can put on a good show and I know like you could probably have pyrotechnics now and you can afford this mm-hmm. that and the other yeah, sure. but um, it won't ever be the same as being 14 in a festival tent at two in the afternoon and so I've never seen them live and I've never listened to another <laughs> album oh I've just listened to the singles wow. on the radio Yep, I know. I, I because it was. No, but I can appreciate that. I, mean, I, can, I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, where do you go from from that point? And it's like, not because I don't it, like them. Yeah, sure. It's just because it was just too pure. It's just so because awesome. I know that Liam has been like listening to a lot of music yeah. as a result. Mm-hmm. Well, and let's hear what what so Liam. Like Liam, you had to do a deep dive of this album. Yes. So you know, was that a tough thing for you to do? Were you looking forward well, to it well, or? Well, and, and, and what other what other? I was, I was going to go. How many times have you seen them apart uh, from that oh, time? Yeah. Oh, that's well, at least story. another three or four times since then. So you wow. so they love touring Australia, and basically for the next three or four albums, they would tour Australia on every okay. album, and I would go and see them every time because they were amazing, and they grew into the stadium rock band. But you know how sometimes stadium rock bands are just like we're here, we're popular, so we're just going to put on a show that you could get anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's not these guys. So they have evolved their show over time as they've gotten bigger and bigger to be like, no, no, there's like 
So there's huge, there is pyrotechnics, there's huge fireworks going off. He's throwing himself all over the stage. There's stuff. So now he has like the grand piano on stage and sometimes he'll literally, sw- he'll have the guitar over himself and he'll be sitting at the piano playing it, stand up and play the guitar. Oh, part, nice. Sit back down to the guitar. Because he was doing that in jealous. Piano. Yeah. So you watch him at, at Brisbane Entertainment Centre then when you call stadium or? Um, no. So the other times I've seen them, I think I saw them at the arena and then twice at the river stage. Okay. So I think when they got to the entertainment center, that's when, because you can't, I couldn't get standing tickets and I couldn't sit down to watch these guys. Okay. So it's, yeah. Right. It's just, yeah. It's very upsetting have, that you haven't seen them all I know, the time. disappointed in I have seen, I have seen them um, like on the TV. Like I've seen like videos of them playing live and I've seen um, when you watch Glastonbury at home um, rather than being at Glastonbury. So I've seen them. So that's why I know they put on a good show, but I just can't be there for that because I know that I won't, I won't hear every note in the way that I can hear it when I'm in a big arena. And I know, whereas I felt like I had this really intimate experience. Sure. Um, and I couldn't tarnish that intimate experience by having this one, like with sharing it around. Like, it felt like polygamy, and I wasn't on board <laughs> oh, with that. Okay. Whereas I felt like I had a monogamous relationship with yes. them at and the, the first gig, and then they got they've changed. Yeah, they've changed. So, uh, but it's it was, not you. But it was, I was really happy for them because, like, I knew that they were way Going to, bigger yeah. than mm-hmm. they were way bigger than the stage they yeah. were on, yes. and I just I knew they were going to be huge. Nights of Sidonia might be the single greatest live song I've ever seen. It's not on this album. It's like it's two albums what? later. Two albums later. Nights of Sidonia, it's called. It's like okay. an eight-minute epic thing. Huh. It's just... Have, you must have heard of Nights of okay, Sidonia. So, oh, I will do, but I don't know yeah. the name. I so don't it's know the, the name. It's, the, the, it's the Queen song. It's their big eight-minute Western. It's <laughs> got like three. So now when they play it live, so there's a moshing bit. And then there's a bit where he plays a guitar and the entire crowd sings the melody of the guitar with him. And then there's like a big build up to like a Queen Bohemian Rhapsody style mosh. So if you ever see videos of it, there's like 50,000 people and they're all moshing in time to this mm. one moment. It's crazy good. Oh, I'm going to And I haven't been 50,000, but I've been at the River Sage with all the people. And they, yeah, sometimes they, when they had it out, sometimes they played it first, which just blew my mind. I was like, why would you play this first? But mm. when they were better, they played it last. And it's just the perfect, like that's, you can't do anything else after that. It's just done. Okay. That's so awesome. good. And okay, so to, when they come again, I'll you you call me. And it has and the best I'll film go. clip of all time as well. The best what? Film clip, music video, one of the best music videos of all time. And if you haven't seen that, of check it out. Time. Mm-hmm. Just pop it in the group chat. I will. Yeah, yep. pop that in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Good. Okay. So but we we're not here get... to talk about that. George. Let's talk about come the album. Come on, George. Please. Hello. Let's go into the album, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, we previously had a Patreon special where we talked about best opening songs to an album. And Liam brought the opening track to the second Muse album mm-hmm. and I did a kind of nudge nudge wink wink maybe it should have been the first because for <laughs> me Sunburn for was the pluckiest ballsiest kind of like opening to an album by going like we're not even playing guitars right now mm-hmm. yeah. sure. and the bass line is so sexy yeah like it's rolling it's sexy it just fills up this beautiful like space where the piano is playing and then the drums are almost like that trip hop kind of sound Mm -hmm. to them so uh that's just beautiful and then he starts wailing the lyrics
enjoy that、mm-hmm. kind of thing,、mm. don't you? No, he, he, you can't, he doesn't underplay his lyrics. No, no, it's all out there. So there's the three guys so it's Matthew Bellamy on the vocals and the guitar, Chris and piano and stuff, Christopher Walstenhome on bass, and Dominic Howard on drums. And they're all like genius level. I would put them at genius level at all three of the things that they do. Like his, Dominic's drums is like right from that opening song, it's like you could hear the bits that he could easily go, I'm just going to hit the fourth beat or the, you know, I'm just going to do a standard 4 4 time. But instead, he throws in lots of extra little things, like just the little staccato stuff, which is just really cool. And then, yeah, Chris on the bass. So during the chorus, the guitar is playing the rhythm and the bass is actually doing the melody. And then、yeah. that, that comes up again multiple times throughout. The, the album is like、mm-hmm. the, the guitar is wailing and it's loud and it's huge. But if you listen to it carefully, the bass is actually doing the melody. And sometimes Matt's even singing along to what the bass is doing、yeah. and then playing the guitar as a rhythm、Oof. sort of thing. It's just so good. That's just good. Yeah, yeah. it's controversial and it、yeah. sounds beautiful. But did you know that when、um, so Matt and Dominic were together and they asked Chris to join the band? So he went and got bass lessons. So he、wow. actually wasn't a bassist. They just asked him to just start a band. So they're from a place called Tyneworth, which is the arse end of nowhere where <laughs> nothing happens. And there's an entire song about it.、Um, but yeah, they,、um, they, they just wanted him to be in the band with him. And、mm. so he just went, oh, I'll play the bass then. And he went off to get bass. So it wasn't like they all came together. Like, as competent musicians,、mm. um, they just he made got、himself. on. And they've been together since what, 96 or something. Yeah.、Um, and they're still together now with the same lineup, which is always a good sign.、Mm-hmm. I think like, they're not tired of each other and they're still bringing stuff out. So, how recently、cool. did you see them? Were they on tour? Um, so, their last few albums I have not been that interested in because they've gone away from the big pomp. Well, actually, they've gone more towards the synth sort of big pomp stuff and less towards the guitar driven stuff. So,、okay. the last couple of times they've played the entertainment center, and I've just been like, well, I don't, I don't like your last couple of albums. You'll probably favor those pretty heavily. Yeah, and、good. I don't like seeing you at the entertainment center that much either.、Yeah. So, the last couple of times I haven't. So, I haven't seen them for a few, quite a few、okay. years. Do you know why Track 2 Muscle Museum is called Muscle Museum? No, please tell me. Um, it is, do you know Liam? I thought I knew, but I don't remember right now.、So、it is because they are next to Muse in the dictionary. So,、okay. Muscle Muse Museum. I did not know that. So,、right. they, they chose Muscle Museum as,、um, yeah, just because they're next to each other. But how's that for an intro of the boom,、mm. boom, boom? Yeah. Boom. And there's, there's that bass. Like, it's just, yeah. Sounds like Arabian Nights or something、mm. when it comes in. So. And it's, it's interesting because it's. Almost not quite as like really super heavy guitar driven and fast guitar driven as some of the other songs. Like it's a bit slower than some of the other stuff,、mm-hmm. which is why, like, now when I think back about it, I was like, I'm not, it's not even necessarily one of my favorite songs on the album, Muscle Museum, because it's not as big and fast and big, chunky guitar stuff.、Sure. But yeah, I, it hooked me enough to make me want to listen to the album. Do you want to know something else upsetting? They, He was 18 when he wrote it. <laughs> wow. Like, that just hurts, though, because it's really good. And he was 18 years old and just went, I'm just going to write. And he's gave, given his band a name and he's going to go Muscle Muse and Museum.、Mm. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Just like, Muse as the name and just went to Muscle Museum because it's next to each other. Yeah. yeah, why not?、Um, well, but, like, this is awesome because it's okay, about good story. leaving someone in, like, toxic behind as he's about to break into the music industry. Like,、mm. the, con- 
like context for it with that huge chorus um and so many layers but you can hear every instrument perfectly mm-hmm. like it's mastered and it's always that really way. well but they yeah. so they had john lecky who's done radiohead stone roses mm-hmm. etc on production and mix and mixing and also paul reeve who works with john quite a lot um who used to work with steve harley um supercraft but then the band themselves are also down as production and mixing for certain tracks so they um it was like a collaboration i think mm, very yeah so very they know hands-on what, stuff they know what they want to sound like mm. and they worked with the right people um and they did it so it's that and that's got that awesome lyric and where he is passionate as hell that kind of toxicity of like, mm. you know mm. like i'm not just your, at your bidding but I, I need something more mm. so um yeah it's, which is awesome and cool beans mm. oh, so uh we'll not go track to track because no. we'll go for <laughs> no we'll be here all night we'll be here we all night to. so um grant were because you were listening to the album for the first time were there particular things you wanted to talk about oh look um I suppose that obviously the, the opening few tracks are just freaking unreal, and and you like this is not normal. This is not your average Strati one eighty, you know, rock and roll as as we as we discussed. An opening piano, like flipping, there you go. Um, this is going to be different. Um, you know, classic of you know, the, and it should have been a single, unintended, of course. Like you can't, you know. What a what a slower track! It's all Un- really unintended. S- was a single. Yeah, that yes, was yes, that oh, was the, correct. The, it should have been their last yeah. single. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and it should have been absolutely. And mm-hmm. I'm like, geez, why hasn't really it come nice. out now? It, and it's um, that, I love the fact that it is, as you say, like it's that love, it's that love song. Mm. Um, but it's about like saying, I'm not ready for you right yeah. now, but please don't go anywhere. But no. I, really, I need you to know that mm. um, I wasn't intending on this happening, but mm. but right, and and he says like I'll be there as soon as I can, but I'm busy mending broken pieces of my life I had before you. Mm. Aww. And you just it's perfectly placed as a breather. Yeah. Because it's after showbiz, so you need like you you need something after showbiz that's like a little different because that's mm-hmm. just like this big mammoth epic thing. Mm. But then right before Uno, which in its own way is it's also it's also big epic. It's so also you big need one. you need something in between to just just gonna calm it and take a breath. And it's kind of a nice song, but also he can't he he can't sing happy songs. His voice doesn't work that way. <laughs> so it's so it's a nice song and it's gentle and it's loving, but it's also that desperation and the pleading and the melancholy in his voice so. is, which is there yeah. all the time. Yes. Just, that's the way his yeah. vocals work. It's just work. the way his vocals work, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to. And because, yeah, there's, I said I'd like to hear him hear, sing a pop song, but I've, I've, he's heard, he's played like, um, there's a, you know, there's covers and stuff that they do yes. that are nice pop songs, but he just turns them into these heartrending, breaking <laughs> things. <because laughs> oh, no. He can't just sing, yeah, he can't <laughs> just sing straightforward pop songs. No, good. Mm. Good, because otherwise yeah. <laughs> the album would have sucked. It would have. Yeah, yes. oh, great. That's awesome. Uh, so yeah, I think unintended was. It's also. It feels like he wasn't. There's also that I wasn't intending on having a song that sounds like this on the album, but I'm putting it on here, and it does work. It does, as you say, like we. It, you've got the bookends of epic tracks, and then you need yeah. a reprieve, um, and that works really well. Even though it's a contrast, it works really nicely as that segue through. Mm-hmm. So good. I'm and 
And this was not a, 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 a um, this is a long album, 50 plus minutes. So was it 53? Is it 40, 49? Was it? Yeah, because oh. if you got you haven't got spiral oh, static on the end, I've got to take that off at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. correct. Sure. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> right. We're doing the we're doing the version without spiral static. Yes, because no bonus tracks. That, that was a Japan version. I think that was a Japan only release, or yeah. it was a Japanese version or something. And, and it doesn't exist. It didn't exist on my CD, and this nope, is my wasn't on mine. my episode. This is, my, yeah. this is your episode. George. This is yours. <laughs> it's my episode for mine. Yes. So what was the one that you was going to say? And then hate this and I love you. I mean, what a nice way to close. Yes. Stop it. You know. Broody. I think it's the he plays the Wurlitzer, you know that sound, that mm. kind of um, beautiful, like piano, well, weird piano-y sound, and it's almost like a PJ Harvey song to begin with as well. It's got that kind of. We don't mind PJ, do we? Not in this mm. group. No, no PJ Harvey fans. We don't fans. mind PJ. Yeah. <laughs> we we are we're, we are a fan, um, and just his again his vocals range through, and his um the the bridge is like this power trip, the full band, and when he comes in with "You Led Me On," it's so high pitched. Mm. <laughs> yeah, which is awesome. Um, but then there's slidey um, sounds and lots of hi hats, um, and it's this nice like "fuck you" kind of thing at the end of the album of mm-hmm. all those kind of all those haters and mm-hmm. all those people. So. Um, but also with all like the little cicada noises and stuff in there, so something different for the rest of the album is like we're not afraid. So they they hadn't really done a lot mm-hmm. of studio, like they played with the instrument parts, but they hadn't mm-hmm. done a lot of other necessarily a lot of other tricks or a lot of other things in there. Yeah, but it was nice. They just had a little soft moment on the very mm-hmm. end, a little tinkling piano to finish. Yeah, which is a nice because because the song starts <laughs> with a tinkly piano yes. and then it ends with a tinkly mm-hmm. piano, and you're mm-hmm. like, this is the end of the album. Yeah, it's, really it's nice. definitely the end. And yeah, and this one is the um, your lip with the lyrics. You're making me feel like I- <laughs> that, that's much better than a fuck you isn't it that's yeah, like so correct. much better like you made me feel this way but i've actually grown so i don't need that anymore which is really nice so liam, liam. yes yeah tracks you want to talk about so i want to talk about all of them but <laughs> we can't go past the title song showbiz we've already talked about it a little yeah. bit at the start mm-hmm. but just that the slow burn in just the drums just that marching beat like um, Dom just sort of going, look at this thing that I can do. Sure, I can play fast and throw more notes in there, mm-hmm. but we can go super soft and I can just slowly bring them in because they almost tail into the back end of Cave as well. And then it's just that slow burn that builds up. And Matt, so um, whereas normally Matt's quite verbose and saying a lot of lyrics, this one is quite slow and almost hypnotic. Like he's just saying the same phrases over and over again. Yeah. So it's like controlling my feelings for too long, controlling my, like is this that, he repeats the phrases three or four times instead of just like racing through the lines. Mm-hmm. So, and then of course, when it kicks up into the big proper, it's all everyone's just like smashing on stuff and these guitar and it's just wailing. It's awesome. And there's loads of oohs yeah. in there too, as well. Like just on top of it, like where, as you talk about the, the like lyrically, it's really pared back, but then there's just lots of still like vocal sounds that are happening, like mm-hmm. when the full band comes oh. in, which is yeah. really nice. And, and it's epic. Um, talking yes. about having. Well, it's the longest song on the album because, yeah. and which yeah. is almost. 
just the intro because it outros on the beat the drums as well so mm. if you slice off the drum like fade in and fade out it would probably just be a normal length song sure. but they just mm. use that slow build too but the pounding drums at the beginning so good you can't get away from that no that'd no. be awesome but it's um again it's about having an internal versus an external kind of personality mm-hmm. like that you have to like live by and it just so for me it's like the modern day version of the stranger by billy joel when he talked about <laughs> having that faith like have yeah. to bring it back to billy joel somehow of course. Oh, um, well, but yeah so it is it's that kind of you know um like controlling his feelings and forcing his darkest souls to unfold etc there's another little trick he does in here that he does a few times in the album where he hits like not not singing lyrics but just singing the notes and then he fades his note his vocal into the guitar part Hmm. which is just so cool and like like sometimes you think for a lot of people you'd be like oh yeah you just did something in the studio to make that happen but you know he's got the vocal chops and the guitar chops to have figured out a way to hit a note hold the note and then bring the guitar to the same note and then just let the guitar take take over over the things nice and he he has done a few times as well seeing them play live the thing where you sing into the bridge of the guitar and because you're singing and the vibrating comes out it actually comes out the guitar part which is really cool that's really fun yeah Yeah. so it's yeah he he thinks of his voice as the instrument like it's not just here's me singing Mm. it's like I'm doing a thing with my voice and a thing with my guitar and here's the bit where I'm going to bring them in together which is really awesome he's just very smart with that and I think like not in the bad way but calculated Mm -hmm. Um, oh yeah I think the whole album is very measured yeah Measured, calculated, deliberate. Yes. Even the parts where it feels like they're going out of control. Mm -hmm. It's, no, everything's Mm -hmm. perfectly placed. Perfectly controlled, which is just such a cool, like, there are certain bands who can do that, like, make it feel like they're about to lose control, but when you think about it and you you witness it and, you know, sometimes you see it live, it's like, no, no, you're in complete control. You know exactly what's happening here. Nothing's going crazy here. Absolutely. Yeah, they know what they're doing. It's probably a good description that you're in in contrast to how you would perceive Radiohead, who I've never seen live either, but... In, in terms of their control relative to what these guys are, it's quite a different, mm. different you know, feel. Mm. Um, so you, you don't feel like people just go, okay, we've got 30 seconds just to make as much noise as we want on our instruments and then we'll mm. come back and, together. Yeah, yeah, it's no. like, no, no, we're, I'm going to be doing this, you're going to be doing that, and then we're going to come together, but it's going to sound like this soundscape of noisy, messy mm. stuff, and mm-hmm. then we bring it back to the perfection. Mm. And yeah, so it, it works really beautifully there. Um, so, uh, do you mm. have another Oof. one, Liam? Um, I also love Cave. I've always loved yes. Cave. Um, just sort of yeah. that whining electronic digital sounds right before the riff, and there's the cool interplay between the drums and the guitar, and then sometimes it just cuts straight back to like the drums and the bass and just the different parts. Um, and then he, where he sings, so come in my cave and I'll burn your hearts away. And then he repeats that line a couple of times, and then it's each time he sings it with a slightly more like it's. It sounds like a threat, like come and I'll, you know, I'll damage you. But it's almost like as it goes on, it's more and more pleading of like, so it's just got that different intonation each time he sings it, which is really awesome. With so much vibrato in mm. his voice when he's singing as well, which is really nice. When he, and he can do the vibrato in the lower and the higher register, which is really nice. Mm. It's good to listen to. Don't just look yeah. at me like that. <laughs> just the, he the, can do this. Uh, <laughs> noise. Um, but that was really cool because I, I was reading about like, the meanings behind the songs and stuff as well um and he was in an interview and he described it as he had read 
some of the book men are from mars women are from venus mm-hmm. um, and they said that when men are stressed out they retreat to their caves but he said that when he's stressed out he lets it all out um like either creatively or that one time in a hotel room but i fixed the toilet so it's okay <laughs> and so you just nice. know, so you talk about bands going on tour and they like yeah. thrash the hotel rooms no, so he's thrashed, thrashed out but then he's like oh, i fixed it up though so that's nice it's okay. so a good oh, english boy sure. like bringing it in so yeah so i can see why well they brought in cave as a second like compare because cave has got that different sound to uno so they brought mm, out yeah. uno and then they brought out cave to go yeah. range 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 yeah. a bit of stuff and then to bring out unintended at the end you're like now we're just pushing the limits yeah because muscle museum is that softer one that i talk about like not mm. soft soft but mm-hmm. still up there and then sunburn i guess is your don't forget i can play piano yeah because those other three songs the piano and what a brave thing as much as to, just like what a brave opening like, mm. like, <gasps> track one just and like for just like we talked about for assured for a debut album like yeah there's so many people yeah. like oh yeah so they weren't in a band before like i didn't look for that but specifically they went no in, no they were like they were all 17 and 18, like 18 at the time and yeah unreal. they're bringing they're bringing this out. i think they were 19 approximately when this came out Jeez. they looked like babies yeah when mm. i was like out they're not they don't need to shave like twice a week even <laughs> yeah like barely shaving yeah exactly and they were like all skinny and awkward um well that would then, probably like, have changed yeah. unlike <laughs> Liam and I oh, no solid yeah yeah so uh that was really awesome great also all the videos so I've seen the video for Uno and Muscle Museum and Sunburn all three of them feature the band playing in full like the three like not just oh, I'm one part over here or one part of like the three like so which felt to me like a like listen to this you'll think that no one can really do this or play this like it's all going to be studio trickery. No, no, here's our three guys. We just stand here and we just do this thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that's... that's always cool. Yeah, and like, because Muscle Museum is just like, it's like a suburban perfect life, but everybody's crying. Yeah. And then these guys are just in a pub out the back with balloons everywhere just playing. And it looks looks like they're just a pub band. Like, there's Mm. just three guys on a stage within a pub with nobody there. Yeah. But you're listening to it and you're thinking, like, there's no there's no pub bands that play like this No, 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 no. Or if ever. If well, ever. You, don't, you don't last long as a pub well, band if you were, can play like that. Yeah, I was going to say, they were a pub band and then mm. they became... But they still had to bring out multiple EPs before they got mm. there, got yeah, signed. Yeah, they, they went through the usual process of, yeah. Rigmarole. Yeah, so releasing they, um, small stuff and played a bit of live. I'm sure they did heaps of, like, little touring in pubs and clubs locally before they... In the UK, it was released on Mushroom Records, who had... Bands like Garbage, Ash, and Kylie Minogue. Nice. Um, but then in the US, it was Maverick, which is founded by Madonna, which had people like Alanis Morissette, but then also Deftones and Marilyn Manson, mm. and then Muse. Yeah. So, so Maverick have range as well. Mm. So yeah, they're, they're because they don't quite fit into any of those things. No, but, well, they're... but yeah, can I mention Escape? please Mm -hmm. because that tricks you into thinking it's going to be really nice (laughs) because it sounds soft and dreamy when it Mm. starts and then you're like oh this has gotten dark pretty quickly pretty quick yeah exactly so like the um there's harmonies in there which is really nice and and it does trick you but it's like this breakup of um and his lyrics of why can't you just love Lyric buddies. 
Have you read I got the that same? one down too, yeah. Lyric Buddies. Lyric Buddies. There you go. Mm-hmm. It's, it's um, a bell, the song's like a bell curve. It's super soft to start and then it explodes, but not in a not in the same way that Showbiz does, like not in a slow burn. You always know it's going to explode. This one's just like it's soft. And if, you hadn't, if you're hearing the song for the first time, you think, oh, yeah, it's just going to be a soft song. And then the riffs just crunch into the space and it's just so good. And they do that a lot on their more on their later albums as well. And there's some offbeat drumming really in good there at it. too. Yeah. But so, like mm-hmm. just one little moment of like offbeat drumming and you're like, oh, where, where did you come from? Like, yeah. hello. Yeah. And like it was just a really nice way of doing it, like in this drumming solo. It's really special. And how many albums do you have? Of theirs? Yes. Um, so they have um, eight and I have seven of them. I don't have the latest one, Simulation Theory, okay. but I have all the other ones. Wow. There you go. Because well, even the ones I didn't, I turned out I didn't like, I bought them sight unseen. So Origin sure. of Symmetry and Absolution are awesome. Black Hole and Revelations is awesome. The Resistance and the Second Law, I don't like so much, but I bought them sight unseen because like, hey, Muse is putting out an album. Yeah. And for the longest time, they were like, if you ask me who my top three bands were, they were in there. Wow. Yeah, I was. Well, I, you, I was obsessed. This was. This was. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think we should dance. I mean, well, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're we going to vote now. Or what's, what's the story? I'm yeah. intrigued. So we've got what 49 minutes, 12 tracks, mm-hmm. um, debut album, like full length album from Muse, uh, who teenagers, came, mind you, teenagers who came out with something that was all that just made the statement of we're ready for a bigger stage now. Mm-hmm. Like it just underlined where they were going. And I think they knew it, but not in a real cocky way. They just were like, no, nah, we're ready. We're ready to move on. And I think this has such a range of like emotion of in like introverted lyrics versus like extroverted lyrics and the competency of all of the musicians on this is unreal and when i found out that they were only a few years older than me when i saw them live i felt sick (laughs) thinking about about my own guitar playing i felt sick so uh yes um and this album has been one of my go-to albums for a long time and sunburn is still one of my favorite songs of all time like Because I'm a sucker for piano, piano rock, right? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, this is definitely George's album. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen yeah. to this. I'm listen a sucker for piano rock, but I'm also unapologetically as well. Yeah, yeah, but I'm also a sucker for somebody wailing and mm. having really incredible like content to it, and yes. none of it is, none of it's um, like denigrating another person yeah. as such it's uh, a lot of it's really introspective um and i found that like refreshing <laughs> too um and some of it's more cryptic which so there's so much in there that I, it to unpack and we don't have time to mm, unpack it or go even go night. to all the songs yeah um but there is not a song on here that i when i listened to this album since the the like the 4th of october when I bought it in 1999, since then, I have never skipped... 4th of October. That was when it came out. Oh, sorry. That's when but I bought you, it. You bought it. Right. I bought on it. On the day. On the day. I do that when I like a thing. So um, <laughs> I bought it on the day, and basically, I have... I've picked out certain tracks to go on playlists before. Um, like if I've got like romantic playlists, I'll put unintended in, obviously. Um, then if I want like <laughs> to have some like power, I, I'll put on different tracks and stuff with like cave if I want to go running. Um, so they've got something for all of my emotional spectrum, which is awesome. Um, and I just don't think that 
there's anything that you could find fault in in this album as a debut so i'd be interested in hearing your thoughts because i'm this the more i've listened to it the more and more flawless i found it more flawless nice More flawless. Mm-hmm. We have so, a new, we have a new level. We have not flawless, flawless, and more flawless. Yeah, like it's it. become flawlessness. Well, <laughs> I, I had it on my list of flawless albums. So when we said let's bring, it's your turn, I was like, oh, I'm gonna put Muse on, like, because I knew I've known for like I don't know two years that I was gonna bring this album. How long has has um, flawless been going for? Three years. Three years. <laughs> Today. We'll, we'll, we'll be past three years by the time this comes out. There you go. So, yeah. Um, is, eh? yeah. So I've known for a few years that I was going to bring this out, bring this out now. And then when I just throw, threw down the hammer when here we are and I got into my deep dive, I was like, shit, this is even better. Then you so, remembered. It's even better than I remember. It's even better than just having it on in the background, really getting into a deep dive. That was just where I am. So, awesome. yes. So I'll hand over the gauntlet of truth because Liam's been talking this up, but I'm also very aware. Oh, I'm very I aware that he will, he may go but the second album or but <laughs> I would, whatever, yeah. uh, et cetera. So I'm very interested to know, as somebody that was a muse hoarder, yep. how was it for you to do a deep dive on this album? And do you? Do you find it flawless? Yes. Good question. Um, so, yeah, so I'd heard this album heaps of times, but I hadn't listened to it in a while because I'm not, I don't, go back and do a lot of listen to like a lot of old records. I try and I spend most of my time listening to Flaw to that albums we've got nominated for Flawless. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I try to keep up with stuff that's still coming out and I have to keep up with something for Kate. So <laughs> outside of that I Oh don't my god, know, we hadn't mentioned I, something I, for Kate yet. I mentioned them at the start because Oh you did because you took that name. And then yeah. he says when he says top three bands and oh I know two of the three. Yeah. So <laughs> like, I know what the one is. My other one oh so you know so, who's Who's the other one? No, your third. Well, something to Kate. Yeah. Be one plus the Muse, and then yep. the third. So, Gomez. Gomez, who, who, who we've talked about before. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so I listened to his album heaps of times. I was like that dude. I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to have a listen back to it. I remember loving it. I remember why I loved it. And then listening through to it, I remembered, hey, I love this album, and I remembered why I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just the. Th- I don't understand how you get three people who are so brilliant at their instruments who just happen to have come together. And like you said, George, the, the Chris didn't even start, like it's not like he was a great bass player. It's almost like if you were at some kind of institute of awesome musicians and the institute was like, okay, the three of you are like our three best at the individual parts, go and be a band together. Except that they're not like that. They're just friends who happen to be like, I would say genius level. And I don't think Matt Bellamy gets enough credit for being like a good, like, one of the best guitar players of his generation. And I'm not even in a position where I can really judge that very well, but it feels like he doesn't get enough credit. And then he sings on top of that. And it's just, so it's crazy good. One thing I did remember when I was listening to it before is I didn't love Hate This and I'll Love You. And I think that was usually because um, it is Escape. Escape and Overdue come before it and they're really fast and short and sharp. And then Hate This and I Love You starts really slow. And you've got to sort of wait for it to pick up. And so from memory, I would always go, okay, I'm skipping to Sunburn. Sunburn's there. I'm going to jump ahead to Sunburn Mm -hmm. because I can start again. So that was my one trepidation. But as I listened to this, trying to think, oh, is this flawless? I fell in love with Hate This and I Love You. Did you? In a way that I had before. I was like, okay, this is actually crazy good. So you've grown, bud. I have. That's that's the thing. Like back then I was like, oh, it doesn't really fit with the other two songs. But now I'm like, no, no, it's... 
it's the same emotional spot and it's the same awesome yes. guitar playing. And that was the last box I needed to tick. So I would absolutely call this flawless and I am. Cool. <laughs> Thank you, Liam. Not a problem. It was actually it was yeah. actually a super easy decision because once I was listening to the hate song, I'd be like, that. "Well, I'm on board this song now. That's it. That was the last yeah. possible reason <laughs> like I could I'm say done. no to." <laughs> and it was like, "No, nah, I mean, this is great. Jeez. I would nom- I would have nominated it myself. I would have nominated their second album, and I think I can make an argument for their third as well. But yeah, that's not to say this one isn't flawless because it is and an amazing debut. Beautiful. Thank you very much, Liam. Now, Grant, now I'm handing it over to you. I'm knighting you with the sword of flawless. And I'm asking you to give me feedback on what is a very difficult decision, potentially. Is it? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I don't well, know. I, I feel don't know like how you feel. Liam and you and Muse and where's Grant been for 21 years, 23 years? <laughs> Far out. Um, yeah, look, it's, a, it's, it's an incredible album and I think... Well, mine you've spoken to and we'll, we've discussed the musicianship and genius i don't think i don't actually think that's far off like mm-hmm. three oaks uh, in their teens and, and from a skill set perspective i am um, i normally do for the listeners who haven't heard this story before flawless tick multiple ticks ticks of you know this is one two all the rest of it i am um, I didn't end up doing any ticks at all because I just loved the whole thing. <laughs> so I was like, this is, I, I don't need to do ticks on this. And, and, and it was an, ex, it'd be an exception basis where I put an X, you know, that, that gets gone. And, and but um, no, it is, I concur. I will um, acknowledge another victory if we were competitive <laughs> to George for nominating an awesome album. Thank you. I do believe it's flawless. Um, and um, I'm certainly richer for hearing it. And, it's just great. It's really, it's a really, really cool album, and I suppose I could easily go back and listen to this unprompted. I, I feel it's probably yeah, pretty timeless as well because you put it on and it, it's just it captivates you. I think so. Thank you for nominating it. <sighs> I believe it's flawless. Oh well my done, goodness, George. we did it. Yeah. We did it. We got it over the line. Well, we did. You, you two did. <laughs> well, Jeez. Christ. Whoa. <laughs> Him too. That was terrifying. So uh, another English. Flawless from George. Mm, yeah. I keep, I'm sorry about that. But there are a lot of people there making a lot of music. At a certain point, I'm just going to stop asking you to nominate albums. It'll just be you and me. Yeah, right? I so know. So we get some more cards and we'll catch up. <laughs> like, but just, just accept. Just yeah. power through. Like, uh, we've listened to a lot and of great music. Great stories, by the way, from both of you. It was oh, really cool. This is fun. This has been a fun, fun mm, episode. It has. Oh, so thank you to my two co-hosts. You have been excellent. And also, importantly, thank you to everyone for listening to Flawless the Podcast. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are Flawless AMP on all of those. So you can join the conversation, share or like our posts, give us a rating if people still do that sort of thing. Everything helps to find more music lovers like you. As mentioned, we now have a Patreon at patreon.com slash flawlessamp. If you'd like to back us, please check that out. I think that's in the show notes too. So thanks again for listening. We got a flawless this time and we'll, you can hear us again next time. Bye.